This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Stop paying too much. Get 10% off the Nivea deodorant range at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Breakfast on SCNZ Tuesday, the 5th of July. I'm back home. Ototahi Christchurch. If you're listening on 1260 AM, welcome in. Great to have you a part of our show. Kempe Morena. All good back down there, mate. Nice and cold. Actually, we woke up this morning. It's quite warm up here in Tamaki. How's it? Quite nice, oh, mate. Yeah, she's got the shorts on. Um, walked out. Uh, there's no frost on the windows, so it'd be a bit, bit cold down there, though, wouldn't it? Oh, she's cold here, Unc. I can know when I uh, step out onto the deck and I nearly slip over and cark it on the ground, mate. <laughs> she gets pretty slippery and icy on the old uh, old deck out here, lads. Anyway, I'll have a chat to you later about some country clues. Got a bit of a d- dilemma, mate. I was up chasing cows. Nice. At about 8.30 last night in the dark. Oh, my. <laughs> we'll have a chat about it later. Anyway, it was, um, I just thought of you straight away. Actually, it was actually Mandy. She said, don't worry about it. Bit of content for the radio. I said, there you go, Mandy. It's all about content for the radio. So we'll have a chat about that later on throughout the show. Rafa Nadal is playing at the moment. Three all in his match. Probably a little bit delayed to you if you're watching at home. But, uh, yeah, three all. We'll keep you up to date with how Rafa's going. And we're going to chat a bit more about Wimbledon. As uh, most of the big names march into the quarterfinals, Rafa's playing right now this morning, and we'll keep you up to date. And Blair Henley, broadcaster, journalist, and all things tennis, will join the show. Uh, Nick Kyrgios, he's through. He's through the uh, quarterfinals. Djokovic, he limps through, gets through, and uh, Rafa's playing right now. So we'll keep you up to date and have a chat to uh, Blair Henley just after 7 o'clock. And then following that, over the weekend, they ran the Psycho Ultra Marathon, where basically they run until the last man is standing. 234 kilometres later, and Sam Harvey was the last man. Madness. 
Sam Harvey will uh, join the show around 7.40. We'll have a chat to him about that Psycho Ultra Marathon. 234 clicks. Man, that is phenomenal. What a big heart. So looking forward to having a chat to him. And then after eight, chat to Stacey Jones, the Warriors coach, after Sunday's performance at Mount Smart. We'll have a chat to Stace about that game and going forward and, and how he's tracking at the moment. Looking forward to that one, eh, we, Kimpy? Oh, yeah, man. I just, I'm probably going to ask him about the coaching system um, situation there, whether or not he's thinking about uh, next year already or or whether he's going to sit back and, and play a part as an assistant coach still. So, yeah. mate, lots lots in the air for Stace. You know, I'd be happy as – I know he'd be happy that he got a win finally under his belt and that um, coming on bye week he can sit back and relax. Yes, 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 yes. Now, what a, look, he doesn't really share too much, eh? He's, he doesn't really share too many emotions. Like after the game, I was watching the cameras. They pan past the, the coaching box, and he just doesn't really smile, just gets his bag on his back and just rushes off back downstairs, eh? He just, just pretty... Um, Stays away from the limelight. Doesn't really like to share his emotions, doesn't he? No, he's like he's like that too. Um, you know, Stace has always been pretty pretty much keeping to himself, even when he was at the prime of his career. You know, you couldn't get boo out of him. So not one to to spend long long times in front of the media and you know harping on about things. He just goes about his job, mate. You know, he's a he's a Northland boy and um, Likes his fishing and getting out on getting out on the water. Um, loves golf, mate. Absolutely loves golf. Him and the boys played quite a bit of that. But yeah, really interesting to see sort of how he handles the next uh, eight weeks. They've got they've got a pretty tough run home. Mm. Uh, just having a look at that, I've broken it down into two blocks of four. So you know, um, a month of football each. Real tough run home. Even though they've got some teams, a uh, couple of teams below them. Man, you know, like the Bulldogs are going okay at the moment. Um, they play the top top two sides, uh, and of course, got Parramatta in there too. That are a couple of couple of that are in the top six. So a real tough run home for him. Tough tough run home, but mate, that just like it's just funny how sport you can get a little bit of confidence. You know, Sean Johnson just gets a little bit of confidence. You know, Chanel Harris Devito. We're expecting Reese Walsh to come back. And uh, Louis touched on it yesterday, maybe an opportunity to ch- chuck him in the halves or give him another opportunity to, to have a run somewhere else. There's lots to, to actually you know, be positive about, I think. I know we can't get too far ahead of ourselves with playing against the Tigers, but, mate, it's, sport's a funny thing, eh? Just get a little bit of confidence, a little bit of momentum, and you can potentially go and knock off a couple of these big teams with the Eels coming up, the Raiders, and you've got the, the Storm. So big couple of weeks. But a um, bit of confidence. But I was reading the news, Kempi, yesterday around Matt Lodge. Matt Lodge's comments. And uh, he's come out after being let go and he's kind of said his piece about he didn't like the enforcer tag that he had to do over there. So he's, he's, he's enjoying being a follower over at the Roosters, which is quite funny to hear him say that. And then he spoke about the reasons he left, family reasons. Yeah. it's uh, Look, I wake up this morning at 3 o'clock again. This seems seems to be the I don't even need an alarm, mate. It's like three o'clock. Some someone's tapped me on the shoulder, and I'm up and grab the he, uh, grab the phone and just have a look at the news. And the first thing I read about is Matt Lodge has opened up about his move mm. away from the Warriors, and and the point had been made way back that they should never have allowed um, O'Sullivan, the recruitment manager, to sign his family. You know, like the conflict and the and 
the, the problems that it has created. Like Matt Lodge has basically come out and said, well, you know, straight away they sacked the recruitment manager who's my father-in-law and my brother-in-law got, got punted as well. But, you know, the very next line, very <laughs> next line, Sullivan's a recruitment manager for the Dolphins. His yeah. son's been signed for the Dolphins. <laughs> and it looks like Matt Lodge is going there after Sydney City. Like, it's one of those things like do your homework, do your homework first, but if you're going to hire a, a recruitment manager, do your homework. And the second thing is make sure you understand the conflicts when they're, when they're put in front of you because that was always going to be a disaster, mate. Sure, surely Wayne Bennett sees something, but I know he's, he's a big fan in there, though, Sullivan. Seriously, um, um, seriously though, mm. is Wayne mm. Bennett's on a, on a hiding to nothing. Yeah. Like, you know, he's going to come into the competition next year with that team. He ain't going to win a game. Nah. You know he hasn't. He ain't got. He ain't got the resilience, the depth, and there's not any really serious marquee players in that spine to be able to take them around the football field week in week out. So, um, I think at the moment, like it's really about just getting there, setting it up. He's he's getting ready to retire, Wayne Bennett, um, and hopefully have a have a job at, at the Dolphins for the rest of his life. But you know, the, you look at their roster; they're struggling. They're struggling. Mm. What's the time? What's the time frame for a for an for a team? You know, any team when you get set up, it is difficult. It is difficult when you're already in an established competition, um, the depth, and, and you're trying to set a team. Well, it'd be about three or four years, wouldn't it, till we actually start seeing a few results from the Dolphins? Well, the two to I four. Gu- I guess the the um, the one to really look at is Melbourne. Like they they basically came in the following year, won a competition. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was that that was unique. They didn't have the, they moved down to uh, Melbourne. They had like the likes of Glenn Lazarus, Toa Nico, you know, some very, Brett Kamali, some really good players leading them around the pitch. Um, but if you look at other sides, like Newcastle, took them ten years. Yeah. So ten years exactly uh, to the to the to the year they got a competition. If you have a look at teams that have come in, like teams that haven't su- survived, the Perth Western Reds, the Adelaide Rams, um, they came into the competition and now they're out. So, mate, it's not easy. You know, the Warriors, 95, you know, still yet to have one. I think Cronulla was like decades before they won one. Yeah, so... Um, what's, the, what's the Dolphins' licence? How long they got a licence for? Well, the licence is theirs. It's theirs to basically so, so lose. Yeah. Uh, so if they... It's not really. Is it a results-driven license, or is it more financial? You got to be financial viable to to be able to sustain and, and be a part of the NRL. Is yeah, that well, why those other teams got got uh, got booted? Yeah, well, that's yeah. That was sort of in through the Super League um, war mm. as well. So you had oh, yeah. you had a heap of heap of teams uh, that just couldn't sustain, I guess, that support and that commercial reality. And that's the that's the um, issue that you've got with these franchises that they all have to be commercially viable. So, you know, the NRL give out licenses. Look, I explain it like a master franchise. So you've got a master franchise McDonald's and then you've got all these McDonald's around Auckland. They're all competing for the dollar, you know what I mean? And then uh, if they're successful, they, they stay open. If they're not, then they just move the license to someone else. And mm-hmm. if you look at the Gold Coast, for instance, they've, they've come and gone, I think, three times. Yeah. You know, so they've, they had the Gold Coast Titans and they went, went, uh, way back when I was playing, then they came back again, and they went to a different home, and then they went again, and now they're back uh, in a different part of the Gold Coast. So, yeah, it's 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 a real. They've always said that Brisbane needs two teams. Um, yeah. You know, they 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 say that the crowds and the and the support, especially 
the media um, support on Friday nights because they get every Friday night the Broncos. You look at they never play on the weekend. They play Friday night. It's the it's the biggest night of the NRL for for the media rights, and they they pack out not only pack out the stadium, but the numbers watching the watching the game is phenomenal. So they, you know, it's all about um, sort of getting onto that walker with the media rights and bringing another team into that Brisbane so they can continue to build it. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Speaking of Brisbane, speaking of Brisbane, state of origin, they've just named their sides to head to Brisbane. No one's done it. No one's gone to Brisbane and done it. Can you self? What are you thinking? Well, I, look, I, I re-watched the Origin game this week and just had a look at it. And, and Queensland were in it right up until oh, 55, 60 minutes. And then they sort of dropped a couple of bombs. They got a, got a couple of tries, New South Wales. And then their, their young bloke got exposed, which I was really surprised that Billy Slater named Yang Nanai um, in, the, in the back row. Uh, as second row with uh, Felice Kafusi having withdrawn because his father's sick and he's travelled up to America. So um, I still think that Brisbane have that 80-minute effort in them, you know. So, mate, it's, I don't know, <laughs> driving past. I've, I've been to a Brisbane state of origin, you know. It's crazy, absolutely. If you get a, if you get a chance to go to an origin, go to the Brisbane one. Okay, not the New South Wales one. The New South Wales one at the stadium's too big. It doesn't have the the sort of the closeness and the contact that you do at at the old Lang Park. You know, um, the stadium there in Brisbane. Mate, you walk down the road by the Caxton, you see the buses come down. People are whacking the sides of the buses, and it's a real, real cool night. And I just I can't see New South Wales, even though they won by forty. I think it's going to be a lot closer, and I think Queensland will possibly, because they're playing at home, be able to do this. And the, and the stats stack up against New South Wales. Uh, he's left yeah. a few players out now. There's no Jack White, and he stayed with Burton. There's talk about Burton going back to Penrith next year. Um, you know, Freddie must have something to do with that. He's a old, he's a Blue Mountain boy, you know. <laughs> he's probably talking, <laughs> yeah, we'll get him back there, Ivan. Don't worry about that. I'll just put him in orange. And, um, but, yeah, no, they, look, they've got a really good team, New South Wales. But, you know, Queen's... Queensland, it's a little bit to say, you know, when pe- people are playing on passion, they do they do those extra little one percenters, don't they? As um, you yeah. see them see them do things that you never expect them to do. So I'm expecting that type of effort from Queensland next week. Yeah, I reckon Queensland going to get up, mate. What a beautiful stadium, Suncorp. Oh, by far one of the most fa- favourite stadiums to play at. One, but also be a fan, sit in the stands. Wasn't a great memorable moment for myself when I was sitting in the stands 2011 when the Crusaders went over there and lost the. To the Reds, but mate, what a wonderful city, and they, they're great hosts. Got a question here for you, Kempi, before we get over to Louis and see how the Louis Meister is. Morena lads, a question for Kempi on the bunker. Do you think the bunker shouldn't be allowed to review a try unless asked by the ref on field, on the on field ref? 100%. I, 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 I've always said it. I think the sooner they get rid of the bunker, the better it is for the game. I think referees should be made to make calls because it adds to the, the theatre of, of the supporter. Like, you remember back in the old days, okay? We never worried about whether it was a try or not. Mm. You know, they called it straight away. They didn't go to 400 replays and waste another three minutes looking at, it, at whether or not it was scored. People's theatre inside their homes, inside the pubs, at the ground watching the stadium was that the referee made a call and, and, and the conversation for years would go on, was it a try or was it not a try? They've taken that away from people, and I think I think the sooner they get rid of the bunker, I think it's becoming it's becoming more um, 
I guess, more out there than the game sometimes. Everyone focuses on the bunker and not the football. Beautiful. Beautiful, Richie. Great question. Give us a text anytime. Double eight, double three. If you've got any text uh, questions you would need answered, we'd love to hear from you. Louis Herman, what? Morena, brother. How are you? Yeah, good, Is he? Good, good, good. Good to have you. Uh, we'll see you down there in Christchurch at home. Kempi, morning to you, bro. And everybody out there, um, look, I, I love the NRL or the State of Origin chat in particular. I think Queensland have to be a red-hot chance. And I'm surprised that the odds are the way they are with New South Wales. I think they're about $1.65 odd favourites uh, to head up there and win, which I can't quite wrap my head around. But for, No chance. <laughs> no chance. No chance. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what else there wasn't a chance of this morning and it was it being july the 5th here july the 4th in america and us not talking about the goat yeah right now i'm on a, on a liquid diet pretty much a cleanse lemon juice water uh, maybe just a little bit of protein but uh i'm, I'm gonna go in empty and loose tomorrow and it's fourth of july i'll be happy and uh, i'll be hungry i'm talking about joey chestnut and i'm talking about the 15 time champ joey chestnut his works, ye mighty and despair, for he has surpassed the kings of Egypt, and the rock on which he stands is not a rock. It is the United States of America. Joey Chestnut! <laughs> Joey Chestnut. I just saw somebody tweet saying, Joey Chestnut is the only American constitution that hasn't failed us. <laughs> and I get it. Joey Chestnut, this is the guy that goes out there on on July the 4th, uh, the holiday in the States, and he just absolutely pounds hot dogs. They have the great Nathan's famous hot dog competition. It's broadcasted on ESPN. Joe, Joey, Joey Bell, Joey, our Joey, and me watched it this morning at, what was it, 25 past four, <laughs> no, half past four on the t- tally here. It was so good. It was so entertaining. And the GOAT has done it again. How's this? Most championship titles in a single event. Joey Chestnut, 15. Rafael Nadal, 14 French Opens. <laughs> Margaret Court, 11 Australian Opens. Bill Russell, 11 NBA titles. Henry Richard, 11 NHL titles. But it's Joey Chestnut, 15. Clear of rougher at the top. And my can't wait question of the day. Oh, don't forget to play it. Can't wait question of the day. Is how many hot dogs could you eat in 10 minutes if you had to push yourself? <laughs> how many hot dogs? What did he chomp? What did he chomp? <laughs> he chomped 63, which is a long way off his personal best, but it was like the Michael Jordan flu game. 63? Because he was on a broken leg. So. Oh, <laughs> he did it on crutches. <laughs> he, did it. he actually choked out a protester as well. So there was adversity to face. <laughs> but... but <laughs> but wow. he was still 20 clear of next. Can you ever good think about it? Is it you? Oh, mate, I know. I already know. <laughs> I could give you the answer right now. The answer is zero. I couldn't eat a hot dog because I had a bad experience with a hot dog after sevens in Sydney for Newcastle coming out of the stadium and had a hot dog as I hopped on the bus and the boys paid, mate, for the two hours in the toilet when I was on the toilet travelling back to Newcastle. It was worse than hot. It was the worst hot dog I've had in my life. Never had one since. So you got PTSD. Um, is, yeah. he, is he you ever think? You think about it, 10 minutes. This is how they do it. They soak the bun in water and it just kind of goes down and then they just like feed the hot dogs down their gullet. 
<laughs> like birds. Oh mate, I don't, I don't breathe when I eat anyway. I'll, I'll have a good chance, but I won't get sixty. I'm sorry, thinking. What about Joe, mate? I reckon Joe's a sleeping giant. <laughs> okay, hold this thought. Hold this thought, Joey. You think about it, kids. You too. We're gonna get everybody's answers, and you at 0800-150-811. How many hot dogs could you bash in ten minutes if you were pushed to the limit? Twenty-two minutes past six. Here with Kim's Warehouse. Great savings every day. Get up the King Chestnut. To Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. 27 minutes past 6 o'clock. Can't wait. Question of the day today is how many hot dogs could you eat if you had to push your body to the limit? Izzy, what do you reckon? In a minute? In a, 10 minutes. Ooh. 10 minutes. Um, uh, 20? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering that. You could at least do one a minute, and then if you had to push yourself, I was going to say 15. What about you, Joe? Uh, I reckon, like, nine. Nah. <laughs> nah, nah, you're two at least. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, because I, I, don't, I don't eat all day mostly. Like, I kind of fast anyways. So, like, at dinner time, I eat all my food. So I reckon I get it nine. <laughs> <laughs> nine, okay. Right. Nine and ten minutes, mate. Nineteen. I've seen you eat. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I probably could get more than that. I'm putting myself down. I think you'd be one of those super freaky small guys that looks like, they, how can they fit it all in them? And then they just, well, it's because they actually don't eat for the six days a week. And then they just go to a hot dog contest, <laughs> soak a bunch of, it's quite disgusting how they do it. So they soak the bun in the water and they just yeah. scoff it down and then they just gallop the, I mean, it's pretty I was going to say, I was going to swear, but it is pretty cooked. Uh, don't test me, says Joey C on double eight, double three, seventy five minimum. Has anybody actually done any eating competitions around the country? Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Give us a call. Well, let us let us know where they are. I'm sure they run them at pubs in certain different places. Hamburger competitions, hot dog comps, steaks. What about this? What about this? Joey Joey Chestnut has a net worth of two point five milli. And he gets a $500,000 salary a year for eating hot dogs. How good is that? <laughs> He's on a retainer. He's on a retainer, mate. $500,000 a year for eating hot dogs. 15, 15 years in a row. Hey, what a wow. champ. What a, what a ledge. That's what about like, you, Louis? <laughs> I, was I was thinking 15, but like yeah. if I had to absolutely push myself, like... I mean, it'd just be so uncomfortable. Like, you're watching it, and there are guys <laughs> that have, like, vomit in their beard, and they're like, oh, it's just, it's it's really quite, it, I mean, it's totally American, isn't it? Brett says, is Joey Chestnut and his fellow competitors tested for him <laughs> performance-enhancing substances that may be increasing their appetite before <laughs> the competition? Just asking. <laughs> you don't know those rules. Don't know those rules. But, mate, he's only a small fella, too. He does really well. Oh, he's a he's a freak. He's an icon. He um, as they said, he's the god of the rock. The rock is the United <laughs> States of America. It's so funny. I mean, they it is a place unlike anything else, isn't it? America. They they, they can turn this into business. Five hundred thousand dollars a year. It's, he's getting paid more than almost all of our athletes in New Zealand. Right. So heavens, so heavens. Look at it. We're talking about it in New Zealand. That's what America does. That's what America does. Yeah, they come forth and they conquer. Half past six this morning. Is anybody doing any eating competitions around New Zealand? Like dumpling eating competitions? I'm sure they have those. <laughs> anybody involved? And what would your food be? If you had to win an eating competition, what would the food be that you sausage could... Sausage roll. Yeah? Yeah. Love a sausage roll. I actually quite like those ones that come frozen in those big long, like... 
those big and you just cut them up and stick them in. Oh, I yeah. could I yeah. could I could reckon I could I reckon I could pound away somewhere between fifty and a hundred like small savoys. <laughs> if I had to. Like those little pink like party little party. Al Sherrick just reminded me of Ox down at the pub did that. He tried doing those little sad little saves, mate. Yeah, it didn't end well. Didn't end well, is he? We've had a couple I've had a couple of mates have a crack at um eating as much food as they can get into them. And one of them, Doc Van Prague, we were at a we were at a place one night and he thought he'd have a crack at eating steak. As many steaks as he could get. Mm-hmm. Except he forgot to chew it. And he got into about his ninth steak. A real good steak too, it was ribeye, big pieces of it. Oh. And it just started coming up, mate. And the thing oh. with it, when it, it was coming up, it was coming up whole. It just had teeth marks in it. Oh, it was, you never lived that one down. I couldn't think of anything worse, mate, than stuffing yourself like that. If I, if I had to, if I had an eating contest, it would have to be poo and pork bones, mate, because I can eat plenty of that if it's on. <laughs> Love that. I reckon you, you might be a New Zealand champ at that. Um, Morena boys, unsure about hot dogs, but we had fundraisers for eating pizza slices, slayed 29 pieces, then filled a wheelie bin. <laughs> had a better one with oysters, saying, slaying 212 oysters, but no time limit. Wow. 212 oysters, Joe. It's wow. unbelievable. I love that the people we've had text are Joe, Joey C, and we're talking about Joey Chestnut. There's something with the name Joe. All right, 28 away from seven. Love Racing.nz after this. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. SCNZ, 25 minutes away from 7am this morning. If you're going to win an eating competition, what would your pet food be? I reckon I always eat more, I could always eat more sushi. Sushi is one of those foods that I feel like I've never tapped out and I finish a 12 or sushi or whatever and I always think I could go again here, which is funny because it is rice. Um, but that's just me. What about you? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. I'm thinking pies. <laughs> Love a pie. Day one of the diet today, boys. Making change. Making change today. Oh, <laughs> watch this space, lads. Watch this space. Coming back. I'm making one of my 100 comebacks I make every year. <laughs> Who was it that came on and sledged you for that? Was it George Bridge or David Harvey Lee? It was Will Jordan. <laughs> Will Jordan. Will Jordan. <laughs> oh, the boys will love to hear that you're back on it. Uh, you got a juice diet going, a juice cleanse, or what sort of cleanse are you on? Nah, nah I'm just going to go back to the gym, mate. I haven't been to the gym for ages. So messaged my mate last night, and yeah, going to go back in gym sauna today. and try and do that most days. Nice. Just needs. Need to, man, eh? Whew. Feel horrible at the moment. Dry July, here we come. Uh, <laughs> it is July. It's the fifth of July. Just looking at the racing calendar, loveracing.nz. You can go look at the calendar on the website. Tomorrow, Wednesday, Cambridge Synthetic. So we'll find ten winners there. Um, Thursday, Ash Burton gets a little meet, and then on Friday, a day off before Tarapa and Hastings. Back at Hastings this weekend uh, for some wet track racing. Harwater on Sunday. So that's your calendar. Cambridge tomorrow, Ashburton Thursday, Saturday Tarapa, 
and Hastings and Hawara on Sunday. So a few different uh, meets for you, synthetic, Ashburton, South Island, and then some proper wet track racing at Tarapa and Hastings, Hawara. I'm sure it's the the country. Actually, the country's about to get smacked with a weather bomb, boys. I don't know if you saw that. The uh, Maybe that's why it's a bit warm up here, Kempi. It's kind of that, like, uh, tropical... You know how it kind of gets a bit warm before the rain comes? Yeah, well, all that rain from Sydney's passing down, eh? It's meant mm. to be coming down, hitting the north today. So, uh, yeah, mate, there's a little bit of... It is, it's really not that cold outside. To, um, so it's here, it's nearly here. Have you seen the rain in Sydney? Mate, crazy. You watch the football, you watch that um, Bulldogs game? Just waterlogged. You know, we've seen that with the, with the horse racing for ages, haven't we? In Sydney at Randwick, especially the... Couple of races there, you're lucky to be able to see them on telly. There's that much of it bucketing down. So it's been really strange with this Nina pattern, um, weather pattern, the lots of westerlies, you know, heap of rain. Um, I know down in Taranaki they had rain solid for like two weeks, Alan was saying. And, you know, when it rains down there, mate, it, like it's proper rain. It's not drizzling like it is up yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The west coast of New Zealand absolutely gets hammered. And, and all around Warwick Farm, I think they're going to cool the races off. I don't know if it's meant to be today. Or tomorrow, but there's almost no way because I actually saw on the news last night and there was, uh, look, it's a great, it's great horse country up through Warwick Farm, or uh, all around there, and the oh Hawkesbury, it was the Hawkesbury River, um, that I think had completely burst its banks, and someone that knows Sydney geography, correct me if I'm wrong, but no, I'm pretty sure it's the Hawkesbury River completely burst its banks for the third time this year, and horse stables underwater. Um, houses, trucks completely swapped up. They, they can't even get out there in the emergency services because it's just too dangerous. It's mm. like the winds and the rains are that. And it, and they what they were saying is the one thing they know is it's going to carry on. So, yeah, pretty brutal. So I fully expect that the, the weather will come to New Zealand and some of these race meets, especially this weekend, Tarapa and Hastings, if the middle part of New Zealand cops a gnarly rain, it will be seriously heavy track racing. Um, same with Ashburton, Cambridge Synthetic, obviously, a bit exempt from that. So we'll just keep our eye on the weather because it does play a big part when it comes to the racing. Check out Max Stoney eating videos. We share a birthday. He's a legend. Cheers, Charlie. Okay, Charlie. All this food chat's got me hungry and I'm trying not to eat today, lads. <laughs> Move on. you got to eat, mate. you got to eat. Get yourself what on time? a keto, mate. You'll be sweet. Oh, yeah, I know. I know, I know. But I just, yeah. Love Tucker. Love Tucker. Louie, going to get another blat this morning, lads, or what? Oh, I am now. <laughs> how many how many blats do you reckon you can get through? Oh, they are delicious. I don't know. Mm. Charlie says, I'm not sure if you can read this out. Um, so I'm just going to try to work out how I can read this out. Not sure you can read this out, but after a couple of special cigarettes, my 173-centimetre, 68-kg frame could put a Domino's, put Domino's out of business. Cheers, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Charlie. Um, Morena, Aroha, Louis, lads, and Aroha. Eating contest, definitely little Savaloys. Yes, Mark. <laughs> yes, Mark. Because you can just, like, pick them up between your thumb and your finger and just, whoop. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> He's going Darfield Bakery, is he? That's from Mark. Mate, Ooh, is he? Mark pulled yeah. up yesterday, mate. I'm walking. I decided to do the launch yesterday because the rain had stopped and walked up the garage, got a bit of petrol, walking back down the can. This little car pulls up, mate. Out jumps Adonis. Mark, you know Mark brings in the wine? Yeah, Just yeah. been to the gym, mate. He pumped up. I, 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 man, what's going on here? Look at you, mate. You lit. <laughs> He's going, oh, cut it out, cut it out. But, um, yeah, mate, interesting. Just <laughs> the random bloke pulling up right outside the, the door. Reckons he's got the wine 
merchant on, on tap, mate. It's going to bring some wine around, have a couple of wines up on deck. <laughs> there you go, Mark. Text the show, get called out for being jacked. <laughs> jacked, mate. Honestly, what are you taking? I don't know how many. See, this is the program. Is little, sa- little Savalo is the key? Because I swear to God, when I eat those many little Savalos, I don't look like that. Uh, also, as far as, there you go. Uh, yeah, D- Darfield Bakery is, is iconic. Um, Chicken nuggets. Oh, <laughs> you should have done the Maccas on su- su- Sunday with me then. Yeah, we did that. Like we did the the Warriors thing at Maccas, mate. The Nuggets got hammered. <laughs> well, did you have some Nuggets on on tap, mate? Well, it was yeah, people people couldn't guess the I had to guess the hamburger, so they came into the to the Maccas. Me and Ricardo were doing the the show there, the pre show from there uh, from Maccas, the sponsor. Um, and I couldn't guess the burgers, mate. So everyone was getting plenty, and oh. it was it was all shout, all kippy shout. You know what I mean? On behalf of Maccas, of course. So, <laughs> yeah, get over here, boys. What are you having? Love it. Cheeseburgers. Or actually, filet of fishes. I could get through maybe four or five of those. 18 oh, away from 7 yeah. o'clock this morning. 0800 150 All right, enough of that. Let's park it. Quizzy Dad coming up after this. And look, for all your troubles for suffering through all that food chat before 7 a.m., $50 TAB bonus bet with the chance to go to the Goldie 500. Give us a call. 0800 150 811. Stop paying too much. Get 10% off the Nivea deodorant range at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Questions on your radio, giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast. Five questions for the win. Supercars on the line. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Your mind. It's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go-go. Yes, good morning. Oh, some good chat coming through on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Keep them coming. All you food lovers. Double eight, double three, and we'll get to a few of those messages shortly. But right now, Quizzy Dag, we got Luke from Dunedin. You're up first, Luke. Morning. Morning, uh. morning, 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 morning. Here we go. Question number one. Over the last twelve months, how many NRL clubs has Matt Lodge been with? Ooh. I'll have to phone a friend. Ooh. Get it. Three. I was gonna say three. Yeah, you had it. I said you had it. <laughs> here, we go. here we go. Here we go. Question number two. Aaron Aaron Rutcliffe is through to the quarterfinal of the women's doubles at Wimbledon. Which country is her partner 
Alicia Rosoloska from all right. Some names. Is it Poland? <laughs> yes. Ooh, you got good. it. You got it. You got it. Oh, that was a tough one to say. Anyway, question number three. Which city will host the NRL All-Stars game in 2023? Oh, how good is this? Rotorua. Rotorua. <laughs> Rotorua is correct. Awesome news. We'll chat about that shortly, Kempi. Question number four. How many hot dogs did Joey Chestnut get through this morning? Oh, um, 63. Oh, you're on a heater. Oh, here he is. Here he is. We haven't, we haven't had a run. We haven't had a run for a while. Straight through. And you can get a $50 bonus bet too. No phone of friends. Good luck. Which WWE wrestler? Was Israel Adesanya's walkout inspired by? Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) See you, Anton. That's how you do it. Anton, mate. That's how you open the bat. You Joe Root it. Just 76 not out going into the final day of India. How good. Well done, mate. Thanks, boys. Wow. That is the definition of a clinic. Right there. It is a clinic. He's gone on the draw to go to the Gold Coast, and he's got a $50 TAB bonus bet for a Wednesday fill-up, courtesy of Louis Herman Watt. How good? Yeah. I don't pay for that sponsorship either. <laughs> um, that's interesting, because he didn't even use the need the phone a friend. That's, no, that's, that's just a proper that's just a proper hiding, Kiz. Mm. Yesterday, Kiz won the quiz, and today he's come back, and he's absolutely been... Oh, you've been, sh- you've been shut out, Kiz. Quite easy. Yeah. <laughs> Christian uh, has gone home. Hardest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poland, Ke- though. Here's a shout today. Here's a shout on the BAPS. Uh, well, Rafael Nadal is cruising, by the way, at Wimbledon. We're going to catch up with Blair Henley and Aaron uh, Routliff. How cool is this? So, first time since I think the 50s we've had a Kiwi woman in the, uh, in the semi finals there at Wimbledon. Um, Amazing stuff in the doubles, so or quarterfinals, I should say. So good on her for uh, keeping keeping it up. We've had her on the show once before, and she's a great Kiwi. So good on you, Erin, and Rafael Nadal, who is I'm pretty sure. Well, he's just they're just in a break at the moment. But last I looked, he was one set up and four love up in the second, and he might even be five love up now. So he is cruising eight away from seven. More of your texts on the other side. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast here at SCNZ. <laughs> Rapid immune support? Find Go Healthy Go Defense at Chemist Warehouse, now $16.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Uh, Rafael Nadal has wrapped up the second set just like that as against Anders Schalp. He is cruising, as I said, 5-2, 6-2 in the end in the second set. And Ed says, Morena boys and Aroha is bearer food because I can put that away when I'm in the mood. <laughs> oh, Eddie, Eddie, always up for a good laugh. No, that doesn't count, Ed. That doesn't count. No, we don't, we don't count that one, brother, but we count this one. This is talking a bit of a uh, bit of league here. Louis, I booked a trip, uh, Suncorp, I'm going to Suncorp next week, book tickets in May, I planned a trip with my boy first, a sports week, 
ago, uh, first sports week ago, watched Third Origin game at Suncorp on Wednesday the 13th. Then fly to Melbourne to watch Man United versus Melbourne Victory on the Friday the 15th. Storm Raiders on Sunday the 17th. And Manchester United Crystal Palace on Tuesday the 19th. Wow, wow what a trip that is. How good. Yeah, those are, those are what memories are made of, those ones. Mm. Taking your son along, tripping around, watching all the greats. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I was actually thinking that when I was coming home on Sunday. I was like, oh, one, one day I'm going to book a trip for me and Arlo. We're going to go watch one of the All Blacks games somewhere because I was at the game. And I saw a few kids there with their dads and, and their parents are absolutely loving it. Eh? I think Arlo would really, uh, really enjoy that. So it gave me a few few ideas going forward. Maybe when it gets... Uh, Maybe we'll get that roof stadium, eh, down here in Christchurch, Louis. Well, he'll have he'll have a whole family by then, so <laughs> <laughs> he'll have his yeah. license by then. Yeah. Today is the last day. Today is the last day to vote on that yeah. stadium. So make sure you do, make sure you do, and we'll uh, we want to get that over the board. But anyway, coming up, Blair Henley after seven o'clock. We're gonna talk some Wimbledon because Nick Kyrgios, he's gone through. Then you got Rafael Nadal. Novak Djokovic. Thank you, Joe, for the little music to let me know. Anyway, I'm going to go get a coffee about now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. It's Tuesday the 5th of July. And we're here talking sport and we're talking a bit of cricket, a bit of NRL. Hey, Kempi, great news. NRL All-Stars Weekend in Rotorua has been announced yesterday by Andrew Abdo, the NRL CEO. Pretty cool news, eh, bud? Oh, awesome news. Absolutely mm. awesome that we're getting more rugby league down here. And the mm. Māori Indigenous All-Star game is one to boot, mate. A uh, little bit surprised it got taken to Rotorua. I thought they, they might play that at Eden Park because it's such a big, um, a big festival. But I think a lot of the reasoning around that Izzy is because they play all the Māori tournaments down at Rotorua and it's a, been the sort of centralised uh, visiting spot for Māori over years to go there yeah. and, and support the Māori game. So fantastic news coming out yesterday. And that's what I kind of thought too at the start. I was like, man, they want to go to a you know, big stadium. But Rotorua International Stadium, it's not a bad watch. They've got a big um, embankment there. And uh, yeah, all the same with that. Like, it's, you know, a lot of Māori history in Rotorua. So be an awesome fit. And um, I think mate it's going to sell out real easy so one yeah. of the great games one of the great games right now we're going to talk some tennis a little bit of Wimbledon is uh, at the moment it's not just been Joey Chestnut doing all the chewing this morning Nick Kyrgios jaw has been very busy, busy too at the All England Club Wimbledon to the Aussies credit though He's putting it all together this year and through to the quarterfinals. Never lost a five-set match here. So, um, you know, honestly, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, you know, I've, I've been here before, I've done it before, and, and I came through again. I'm just going to put my... I need I needed a glass of wine for sure tonight. <laughs> for sure. So. Man, he's got some chat, doesn't he? Once Nick <laughs> sobers up, he'll face Christian Gein with a chance to make a Wimbledon semi-final. Right now, Rafa Nadal is cruising away with his... With it in his fourth round matchup, looking locked in as always, Blair Henley is a broadcaster, journalist, and all things tennis, and she's been good enough to join us now. Morning, Blair. Good morning, guys. How's it going? Very well. Thank you so much for joining us. Rafa, looking, making easy work of it at the moment, isn't he? 
listen, Rafa looks great. What's interesting is he did not look fantastic in his first couple of matches. He's made some adjustments in the last two, flattened the ground strokes out a little bit. He's looking very dangerous. And most importantly, his footwork looks great. We were all a little worried about the state of that ankle. It's looking quite good at this point, guys. What about Nick Kyrgios and all the comments he's been making there? How are the public taking to him? And do we think that he's probably going to, you know, if he comes out on top, man, that's going to be a story in it. Listen, we Nick Kyrgios has a better <laughs> chance of getting through Rafa and Novak winning this whole thing than we do of understanding Nick Kyrgios. He is <laughs> such a mystery. The guy, listen, he he's played some incredible tennis so far. He's said a lot of the right things in press. He admitted today, he's like, I, I have a huge chip on his shoulder. And he sure does. He has this feeling that people are wanting him to fail or waiting for him to fail when I actually think it's the complete opposite. I think the reason people have such strong feelings about Nick is because we want to see him do well. He's so entertaining. He's so incredibly talented. We want to see that week in and week out. And that's why he draws such frustration when you see that other side of Nick Kyrgios. But so far... Today was businesslike against Brandon Nakashima. If he can keep that up, who knows? Could we see him in a final? Does does he get into their heads? I know he got into Sitsipas's head and uh, obviously took him off this game. But if he faces the Nadals and Djokovic with so much um, experience, do you feel like he could upset them and unrattle them? He's actually had a history of doing that just a little mm. bit to Rafa Nadal. We've seen it in a couple of their past matches. Uh, he's played Rafa more than any other member of the big three, and we've seen it just a little bit. And again, Rafa is incredibly businesslike on the court. Uh, Nick has not been shy about the fact that he doesn't love Novak Djokovic, and <laughs> we've seen Novak Djokovic have some of those mental hiccups on the court in terms of dealing with the crowd and and some of the outside factors so absolutely i think nick can get in anyone's head just because the players are not used to dealing with that sort of thing on the tennis court no look i hope nick gets there i think it'd be great um theater for everybody just to listen to it what about um Iga swartek being knocked off by the french woman uh elise cornet in the in her uh, streak ending she's something special isn't she Oh, my goodness. What Iga Sviantek has done this year has been record-setting in every way. And, and one of the things it, it's been talked about now, she has had a sports psychologist on her team from the very beginning. So as she started seeing that success, sometimes we see a drop-off in players. After they win that first slam, they really don't know what to do with the fact that they have eyeballs on them. Iga has adjusted to that really well, and we've seen results of that this year. You knew the streak was going to end eventually. Elise Cornet is a, a giant killer. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to back it up today, losing to Isla Tomjanovic, uh, who hails from Australia, though though uh, of Croatian descent. So Elise uh, <laughs> Cornet can beat just about anyone. And the women's side, mate, there's some, there's some interesting new names coming through. Obviously, Amanda and Nancy Morva, and then you had Harmony Tan, who obviously beat Serena in the, in the first round, and she progressed but ended her uh, Wimbledon uh, tournament just this morning against Amanda. But, mate, like, who, who, who's looking at to be in the favourites in, in the women's draw? Who, who are you thinking is going to go forward and really progress and take this out? Well, a former champion at Wimbledon, Simona Halep, is still in the draw, mm. and she dominated Paula Badosa earlier today, 6-1, 6-2. Badosa's the number four seed. Uh, so I think right now, perhaps 
for the fact that she has the experience alone. Simona Halep is maybe looking like the favorite. But you mentioned Amanda Anisimova, the American. She was close to breaking into the top 20 back in 2019, had a really tragic story. Her father, who was also her coach, passed away before the U.S. Open that year. And it really sort of derailed her upward trajectory. We're seeing it again, though. This year, she's made the round of 16 of the first two slams. She's now into the quarters, and she has enough power to possibly take the racket out of Simona Halep's hands. So I would be very interested to see Halep and Isimova in the women's quarterfinals. Hey, Blair, we're going to head out into the left field here. I'm just going to ask you a question. Um, I don't know if you've followed the LIV golf stuff that's going on and yeah. every, everyone that's, you know, the Greg Norman taking people over there. And, of course, you've got the Saudis being big in the uh, EPL in England. What about the tennis? Is there talk uh, around the table about something like the LIV and the Saudis maybe putting a pitch towards those tennis players to try and create their own comp? I'll tell you guys, not not that I know of. There are always, thing, always things going on behind the scenes, but there's tennis over in the Middle East right now. You have you know, there are events in Doha and Dubai, and every year in Abu Dhabi, and and that's the Abu Dhabi event is an exhibition, and so obviously players are getting money to go over there and play. It's usually at the end of December each year, and and that has has made some headlines in the past as well, just because, for the exact same reason. The players are getting money to go over and entertain essentially so there there aren't rumors of sort of rival tour to the atp but i think that (laughs) there's money and they love their sports and i think that they're always going to be sort of uh (laughs) those two things are going to intersect from an administrative point of view it's not like tennis has been a a kind of out of the drama this year especially wimbledon blair so i'd love to ask you i mean with what was going on the war in uh ukraine uh so russian uh and it was belarusian athletes wasn't it they were uh barred barred from playing uh we'll go back further novak djokovic at some stage it didn't look like he was going to be able to play andy murray was very vocal and i know there was probably a, a couple of rice smiles when he was dumped out and novak is still here so there was a lot of drama before the fact when we got to wimbledon now the tournament is going and we see everybody in their whites and the pims and the strawberries and cream and all that stuff has there been any mention of that or has it just been t- tennis business as usual I think it's there was certainly more talk before the tennis started at SW19. I think now that the action is happening, it's maybe taken a little bit of pressure off that side of things. But <laughs> there's no shortage of drama in tennis. There have been several positive COVID cases from, from high-profile players, Matteo Berrettini, Roberto Bautista Agut, Marin Cilic. That's been a bit of a headline at Wimbledon <laughs> once the play actually started. But in terms of the, the Russian and Belarusian players not playing, I think it was a much bigger headline before the action started. Hey, Blair, crowds seem to be back too. You know, we're watching it down here in New Zealand on TV. We see massive crowds outside in the stadium looking at the big screen. Uh, the, the fans and like the COVID situation that you're talking about, no one's too worried about just getting back to life as normal? That's certainly what it appears to be. I'm not there on the grounds. I have been at some big events, though, this year. Indian Wells, for instance. That was one of the first big events that I felt like seemed completely normal. Back to business as usual, as you say. So, yes, there is this risk. I think we saw even Rafa Nadal has been taking some precautions after those positive tests 
uh, after news of those made headlines, you see him signing autographs with a mask on. So it's up to players to take the precautions that that they feel is best for them and best for their team. And and listen, nobody wants to get a positive test after you've made it to the quarters or the semis of a Grand Slam event. So it, it's up to the players to decide how comfortable they are. But in terms of the fans, they certainly seem to be walking around the grounds uh, like we're, we're back to life as usual. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, we're going to have to let you go, Blair. We really appreciate you coming on the Izzy and Kempi for Breakfast show. Quickly, before we let you go, who wins it, men's and women's? <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm going to go Nick Curios. Nick Curios yeah. is going to be on the men's side. Yes. And uh, I'm going to say Simona Halep does it on the women's side. Simona Halep and Nick Curios. Oh. That's a great Cornella. <laughs> That's a great there you go. <laughs> I'm going to go check the odds on that one, and uh, we'll let you know if it comes in. Thank you very much, Blair. Appreciate your time, as always, and uh, we'll get you back on soon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Very good. Blair Henley. Great question, Louis, because obviously there's a lot of um, disruption in the build-up coming into this uh, Wimbledon, and then kind of haven't really heard much about it. But then, obviously, with the ATP, they took away the points, didn't they, from this event? So that... Have you felt like that's had an effect on it? Well, honestly, not. no. That's why I was mm. asking. Like, Naomi Osaka isn't there, and she kind of made a pithy comment of, well, it kind of feels like a, um, it just feels like a festival. It doesn't even feel, or an exhibition match, because there's no points tied to it. And mm. if you, so we're literally just paying for prize money and prestige, uh, which is enough for the bulk of them. No Medvedev on the men's side. Very yeah. disappointing. Uh, Kashinov. There are some seriously uh, impressive athletes that aren't there. But with all the drama, and we spoke about it way before Roland Garros was on, we've been talking a lot of tennis this year, just probably because the time zone we're in with Breakfast Radio, it's always on. Mm. Since it started, no. It's just been fantastic. This like this Wimbledon has been really, really good. There's been storylines galore. You've got Novak Djokovic tomorrow against Jan Sinner. That game is going to be a rip-snorter. Uh, Sinner will give it to Djokovic. You've got Goffin and Cameron Norrie. Now, Cameron Norrie played for New Zealand. He was a junior Kiwi, and he's in the quarterfinal. He now represents uh, Britain, and he's the last British player left there. Uh, you'll have Nick Kyrgios versus Garin in the quarterfinal. I think Nick can win that one, and then he'll go on to play the winner of probably Rafa Nadal, Taylor Fritz. We're expecting Rafa to progress. On the women's side of things, you've still got some proper big names as far as um, the yeah the women's quarterfinals goes. As as she said, Anna Samova and Simona Halep, they're probably the pick. That's probably where you'd be looking at the winner at this mm. stage. But the tennis itself has kind of spoken for itself. And Kempi, that's kind of what always happens with sporting events. We always talk about it, but then once it gets going... So remember, remember the Olympics last year? The Olympics, it was so dramatic. Uh, it wasn't going to happen once it was going. No one even mentioned going. No, that's exactly... Well, you know, like, these these iconic events, is it, you know, it'd be good to sort of put a bucket list together. Maybe we should do that one day on the show, put a bucket list of probably the, the 10 sports around the world, iconic sports around the world, that you would like to go and visit. And Wimbledon would have to be on your list. You know, I, I remember as a kid coming um, through when I first went to England when I was 17, I, were, like, I played tennis on a, on a concrete court down outside the high school. You know, and I knew about Wimbledon when I was a kid. You know, never ever seen it, never ever heard about it until I got to England. And then you watch it for years. It's got to be in in your top ten bucket list. Yeah, oh, has to be, has to be. I, I think of the the great events. First things that come to mind: Wimbledon Masters. 
You got the Masters, and then what about the Ryder Cup? The Ryder Cup. Yep, the Ryder Cup, the Super Bowl. Mate, you think of the FIFA World Cup final. Mate, it's just so many. The Rumble in the Jungle. The Rumble in the Jungle. Like, you just think of Imagine being around then. What is the most prestigious, though? What is the most prestigious? If you think of tennis, is it Wimbledon or is it French? Uh, Wimbledon. Mate, it's like the Cox Plate or the Arc de Triomphe. Yeah. You know, it's. You'd have to say the Cox Plate. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a good question, is he? I don't, I don't, I'm not too sure. I, but I think Wimbledon, because it comes with the the, uh, oh, you know, it's got that royal tinge to it, doesn't it? It's all I know, white. Mate. It's, it's got to wear it's, your dress. Yeah. You got to wear your suit. Yeah. You got to just look very smack. clean looking. There, you, you know, very clean looking. Like I mean, watching it since um, since they they kicked off Serena. Obviously, the boys watching Serena losing. She doesn't look like she's up to it these days. But you know, it's very clean looking. There does. There's no rubbish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some chat from Nick Curios. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon he's the only colourful person that plays at that tournament. Wow, you can't bottle him, and that's why you love him. Um, wh- what do you think of Nick Curios? Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Are you team Nick Curios? I said the other day that for me, and I'm not kidding, he's genuinely on my Mount Rushmore of living Australians. Hundred percent. Nick Curious, give us a call, mate. Man, Izzy will take you out for a beer. (laughs) Oh, mate, I'll probably end up feeling twenty times worse as I feel today, Um, mate. uh, There's a good question, Louis, because from the outside looking in, you actually think he's a twat. You know, you think he's a twat. He's a sport brat, but then, mate, he's actually good for tennis because he makes you want to watch. He makes you want to go and watch turn the TV on and watch Nick Curious and have a game because you just don't know what to expect. And, the unexpected. And, and honestly, he actually makes sense. A lot mm. of what he's saying, he's actually right, but, the, but he's just got a reputation. And when you've got a reputation, it's so hard to shake. He was so right the other day. If that was him that hit that ball into the crowd, boom, gone, evicted. See you later. <laughs> Good luck in the US <laughs> Open Championship. See you later. Um, but because it was Sitsipas, and, you know, and, and so I, I really like him. But what do you think of him? And then the other one, what goes on your bucket list? Royal Ascot in the Kentucky Derby, double eight, double three. Text coming through already. Uh, for me, Las Vegas, Formula One. Oh, Vegas. <laughs> hey, hey, Izzy, I, I remember getting sat down by the coach at the end of one season at Newcastle, and this is the Nick Curios thing, and he goes, we need to talk about you and the referees. And I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, they don't like you, all right? They don't like, they don't like you, and you give away too many penalties, and it hurts our team. You, you have to change what you're doing. And that thing that Louis just said about Nick Curios, mate, he just has to open his gob, and they just go, nah, mate. You know, of course you're going to be the only one evicted. You don't that, spray the refs there. Oh, mate, I was t- honestly, no, nah, I didn't. I didn't. I was terrible. I was terrible. <laughs> 21 minutes past 7 o'clock. What are your sporting events that you just have to go to? Wimbledon has to be on the bucket list. And then... 0800-150-811. Tennis fans, love them, hate them, don't care. Nick Karios, you must care. Come on, get in touch with us. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Kempi's off the back fence after this. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Today I'm going to tell you the four things the Irish need to do to get a win in this series against the All Blacks, is he? Yep. Number one, change your defensive structure. 
There was nothing wrong with the contact, but there are loads of problems with the inability to adjust to the new all-black offensive plan. Aaron Smith's pass caused havoc by hitting the wide receiver and shifting the focus away from the ruck battle. Failure to adjust to this point of attack and you will gain face defeat. Number two, win the ruck. The front five have got to dominate set plays and the ruck. Stopping the all-black tight five will give you a dead-set chance of winning a test match. Three, you must take your opportunities. The Irish had five good scoring chances on the weekend. Playing against teams like the All Blacks is all about taking advantage of those chances to score and converting them into points. It's test football. You won't get too many. And finally, in Johnny Sexton, the Irish have a dead set champion. His ability to break up defence lines and clever, with clever click, kicks and smart running options were missed when he went off. No Johnny Sexton, no chance of winning anything. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yeah, Kempy, bang on. And do you know what? Bowden Barrett actually yesterday came out in his press and he said, Johnny Sexton wants to play in a dinner suit. We can't let him. And in the first 20 minutes of that game, he had way too much time. He had way too much control. For a guy of his class, what were we thinking? I love that from them because the All Blacks know that the Irish are going to lift. And they identified things straight away in their review. One of them, defensive pressure, line speed, and just around time on Sexton because he's a linchpin, isn't he? Oh, he he is. He's a, he's a cat, he's a catalyst to anything good that goes on in that Irish team. The way that he he just plays um, what's in front of him and brings everyone onto the ball. He's got such good energy. And the other part I liked about the All Blacks too, like as he talked about the pods and Kenny Laban talked about the pods, and we needed to change our football a couple of months ago. Straight from the get go, Aaron Smith changed the way that I was. Looking at that game because they were going at least a 10 metre pass from the ruck area and it just shifted the defensive line around and bent it. So, you know, I know Andy Farrell, you know, coming from rugby league, he would have looked at that defensive structure and Issa uh, Nasiwa touched on it yesterday, the spacing has to be way better and the contact, especially if it's going to be that wide, is going to be more critical. So be interesting to see how how they shift that, is he? Mate, they're gonna they're gonna bounce back. Trust me, I've experienced it firsthand. And uh, listen, tomorrow I'll bring up a little bit of something. But love that from you, Kempe and Johnny Sexton. After the game, I was talking to some Irish fans, and I was like, "Mate, Johnny's just so important for you guys. It just really showed, like when you went off and blah blah." And they just said, "Yeah, well, mate, he's played a hundred tests. He's getting on. We've actually got a plan for." a succession plan when Johnny Sexton goes because we can't just keep relying on him forever. So Joey Carberry, who came on and, and went solid, but just a few little things in his game probably let him down. But, mate, the fans know his importance, but he's not going to be around forever. And uh, Bowden Barrett's um, comments were spot on, mate. If he'd have stayed on, honestly, might have had a different outcome because he was running an absolute clinic in that first 20 minutes. But love that from you, Kempe. Great work, mate. Um, it's going to be a huge, huge week. Uh, Dunedin. Whew. Totally, Izzy, because both sides have said, the Irish said that they are going to lift. Trust us. Mm. Well, trust us, as uh, Conor McGregor says. <laughs> um, the, the All Blacks, and they've said that they're not complacent and they weren't actually that happy with the way they played and they know that they identified things. So both teams go up another level, under the roof, running rugby. It's going to be such a good game this weekend. So excited and it's only Tuesday. Half past seven, Kempe bang on there. That was off the back fence. If you missed it, just tuning in now, head to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Get Kempe's take on how the Irish can fight back, and they will. I've got some wonderful and loving texts with some very eloquent language on Nick Karrios. I'm going to read after Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand.
25th of July, middle of winter. Welcome into SCNZ. We're going to talk winter with a guy who is, well, <laughs> not scared of the cold, let's put it that way. Sam Harvey running an ultra marathon in Spencer Parkdale, where Izzy is, in freezing conditions recently uh, over the weekend. We'll talk to him about how that went. Rafael Nadal is currently serving for the match. Yeah, he's made light work of Zanshop, although he finds himself love 40 down as he's trying to serve this match out. So three break points now, well, two for uh, Zanshop. So we'll see how that goes. And ECNZ will keep you updated throughout the morning. Now, we caught up with Blair Henley, who is a, a very sharp tennis mind out of the States, talking all things Wimbledon. And Izzy asked a very good question. Can Nick Kyrgios rattle the big three, Djokovic, with the big kind of guns, Djokovic and, and uh, Rafa in this tournament? He's actually had a history of doing that just a little mm. bit to Rafa Nadal. Absolutely. I think Nick can get in anyone's head just because mm. p- the players are not used to dealing with that sort of thing on the tennis court. They're not used to dealing with guys having full-on meltdowns, although tennis players have been doing it for years and Nick Kyrgios kind of did admit in his um, post-match press conference after the Sitsipas game that, yeah, look, he does it because he knows that the other guys don't like it, but he also wants to make his point. And Richard's come through on double eight, double three, and in no uncertain terms, says Kyrgios <laughs> is a total, all caps, knob. So... <laughs> Oh, see, that's what I was thinking too. Honestly, some of the things he does on the tennis court, I'm like, wow, he's lost the plot. But man, it'll, it'll be such a boring sport because everyone else is so nice on that <laughs> on the grass, wouldn't it? So it creates a bit of drama, and what does drama do? Brings in an audience. Look at us, we're talking about them. So hey, <laughs> you need those personalities in sport. I really do think that he's come a long way, though. Like, I remember five years ago, he was kind of like a bit of a lost cause and he was just doing it with no purpose or he was just kind of doing it and then almost tanking games. And I think during the COVID situation, he was actually a really strong voice and through the Australian Open, he was kind of saying, just get vaccinated, like, let's just do it. He was So I looked at him as kind of quite a mature voice during the last... He's, I think he has kind of come of age, is he? He has, he has. I love those little... Um the little cat fights he has with Bernard Tomic, the battle of the Australian personalities in tennis. <laughs> they just go straight to the heart. And I think his last comment was like, mate, well, you had no money and I shouted you a trip home and, well, you're poor and I'm rich, so let's move on. I was just like, wow, absolutely lost it. But, mate, if he goes on and wins it, $8 at the tab. $8 is, uh, here's a how do we look see before and put it on the chat. So eight bucks for Kyrgios to get the job done. Happens in threes, is he? Happens in threes. Mm. Okay, Grace. Mm-hmm. All right, Grace to score that try on the Maoris by 13 plus. That was $8. Just ask me, $8. Number three, Nick Kyrgios, <laughs> eight bucks. <laughs> he's called it, he's called it. Kempi's called it. Here we go. I love that. And... I tell you what, Mudgy's come through. Kyrgios is an idiot, consistently a goose. Hate him. <laughs> so, so Mudgy's not, you're not necessarily on the fence, are you, Mudgy? Definitely Wimbledon French Open is on dirt, not normal. Thanks, yeah. Mudgy. Uh, he's a hypocrite. He had a 10-year-old boy in the crowd at the Aussie Open when he was playing Venus. Did Venus, nothing happened to him, so it was pretty rich to be calling Stefanos to be devoted to guys a dick. That's Liam. Look, I was just about to say, Liam, the only time recently where I've really gone off him was when he was carrying on with Mike Venus, 
Um, and that guy, Kokonakis, in the Aussie Open earlier this year in the doubles, and the way they kind of just waltzed into the doubles. But as I said at the time, and I know a lot of people didn't like this, I actually thought Mike Venus didn't colour himself in grace during that whole process because he got straight into the media and he put some he put the boot in big time and kind of lowered himself to Kyrgios' standards. So I think the, it's on the people that play him to know what he's trying to do and to not let him get to them because that's all he's trying to do. He's, and it does. And it does. That's exactly right. I'm, look, I remember a guy getting inside my head one time when I was about 28 and um, no. I knew what he was doing. I knew what he was doing. And he got inside my head, mate. You know, and I just I let it I let it get to me in the end. It was in a really big game, and it, and I let it get to me in the end. And I remember being out on the football field, and I lost it. I was, you, you actually do. You just sort of you lose every like all your the normal way of behaving. You just you've lost it because this guy's got inside you. And he and the thing that broke snapped me out of it was he looked at me and started laughing, mm. and I just went. Oh, you got me. You got me. And I started laughing, and then I was back, you know? It was just like, yeah, man. That's that, that, that mental... Because he is playing a mental game too, Curios. Yeah, definitely. You know, he's getting inside everybody's head. So I'll take my hat off to him, mate. That's all part of it, that mental side of it, and, and the whether or not you get that little bit extra out of, out of himself. Who knows? He's paying eight bucks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> get on. Sits Buster against is a bully, but as he said, just beat me, mate. You've lost the last three times, twenty-two away from eight. Uh, the guy's a dick, says Brenton. Gee whiz. Any Nick Kyrgios fans? Or am I on Kyrgios Island by myself right now? Come through if you like him. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five oh eight to live in the Kennard's Tire phone line. Sam Harvey. Wow. Now he's on an island. He's run two hundred and thirty odd kilometers non-stop. And we're going to talk to him about why <laughs> after after this. You're listening to Zen Kempe for breakfast. Win an ultimate rugby experience. Buy any two Rexona products from the Chemist Warehouse. Enter online to win. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. 17 minutes away from 8am. Just trying to catch up with our ultramarathon man, Sam. Uh, we'll catch up with him very soon, uh, but gee whiz, we have un- well, we've let off a can of worms here, really, on Nick Kyrgios, is he? And uh, double eight, double three is a lot. We'll get through a couple of these while we track down Sam. On oh, King Kyrgios, yeah, he's a pillock, but he's a very good player. All the haters still watch to see him get beaten. Good on him. Cheers, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Chris. That's what I mean. He draws in the numbers. He, people want to see what he's about, and they watch. That's it's a personality that every sport has and needs. And uh, there's people that are for Louis, and there's people that are against. Up, Kyrgios, only person I watch when tennis is on. That's from Richie. So Richie's a fan. And then there's another one here from an unknown Texer, Nick the question mark question mark question mark legend. He's just trying to <laughs> there's uh, yeah, nice, nice. Okay, yeah, I'm trying to make make do with that one. Uh, any more, Louis? Read another one. Yeah, Kez reckons those question marks are the goat emoji. I was thinking someone's gone nick the dick, you know, and just trying to <laughs> le- left it there. Um, guys, you don't have to like him. He can hit a tennis ball. McEnroe was a pork chop, so now he's on the the can. Now he's the Keith Quinn of commentary. I like him. I couldn't care less what. He says, to be honest, entertaining, that's what matters. We're not all squeaky clean. That's Dean. Mm. Appreciate it, Dean. He's pretty on the money. And look, that's it. He's entertaining. What about that serve through his legs and absolutely catches him off guard? Like, that's that's a personality. That's someone that you pushes the boundaries, doesn't always play it safe. 
Um, you know, love him or hate him, he's a personality for tennis. And look, I'll be honest, I thought he was an absolute twat too, but you know, it just makes you want to watch tennis. And look at me, I've got tennis on my TV with Nadal. He's six five, six five. The guy's making a weak come comeback at the moment in the third set, Louis. Yeah, he's got a bit wobbly, Nadal. He got his his uh, service sur- surfing for the match. He got completely smoked. So. Um, now Nadal's having another crack at him, and he could do with a bit of identity. There is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll sort him out. I'll sort him out. I'm sure he's got his own identity on his uh, private yacht. But anyway, that's all good. That's all good. We spoke earlier about uh, the events. So Boxing Day at the MCG doesn't matter who it's playing against. Australia is still yeah. one of the most electric atmospheres in cricket. There we go. MCG, one of the one of the big events, Louis. It is absolutely one of the big events. One more on uh, Nick Kyrgios, and then we'll get back to our next guest. Guys, I believe there's no doubt that Kyrgios is suffering from a mental illness. Seems bipolar. Against the Greek the other day, he was in tears, screaming at his family to shout his name, seeking adjuration. I don't think he's acting. I think it's... Yeah, I think this is the real headlines when he reti- there'll be real headlines when he retires and he's unwell. That's interesting, Matt, and I don't think there's any way you could ever tell that. But look, it's different. It's certainly a different take on it. All right, let's rip into it, boys, because we struggle to get out of bed in winter. Well, I do personally because it's cold. But these people that took on the crazy midwinter backyard ultra twenty twenty two, where the only rules seemed to be you had to continue to run and run and run and run one lap of the six point seven kilometer course every hour, and the last runner standing wins. Well, they obviously don't struggle with the cold, and the winner was Sam Harvey, and he's on the line with us now. Morning, Sam. Yeah, morning. How are we getting on? <laughs> We're not bad, oh, mate. How's your rig? We're not bad. <laughs> oh. Pretty rooted, to be fair. <laughs> 234.7 kilometres, mate. Are you mad? Uh, yeah, no, I was hoping it would go further, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what Sam. What were you targeting? What were you targeting? Sorry, sorry, Keith. What were you targeting? What, what was the aim for you to, to, to get the job done? Oh, uh, well, I mean, the target was just to go one more lap than anyone else. Um <laughs> But no, it would, have been, it would have been nice to at least break the New Zealand record. Um, that's currently around uh, it's 38 hours, so I wanted to go for at least 39 hours. But um, I was I was definitely aiming for the 50-hour mark. Hey, Sam, take us through the wow. journey. Like, take us through the journey. Like, obviously, carboed up the night before, got ready, had the massage, and, and you started at, you know, zero hours. Take us through it, mate, through those through those 30 hours. What type of pain did your body go through? Well, I mean, usually you're not in too much pain until you're, I don't know, decently deep into it, uh, or at least I'm not. But um, I'd actually just come off doing a 100-mile race in Sydney like three weeks before, so I was actually like still recovering from that. I was pretty pretty sore going into it. So um, I, I was a bit nervous. Um, just with that added factor of basically going in and the wheels were already wobbling off. Um, no, it was it was, it, it was good. Um, just just got through the first day. I knew that as you got through the first day, people would start falling off. And on, honestly, the race doesn't start till you're 24 hours in anyway. It's <laughs> crazy. Mate, that is mental toughness to a T. 24 hours the race really starts. Mate, what was it like in that last couple of hours and, and you, you know, the final competitors? Was there much chat and much banter? Are you, like, 
Are you staring them down, saying, hurry up, I've got you? No. Nah, and when you get down to the final three, it's a bit of a, I guess, like, three amigos, you're all, you're all mates, and, I mean, like, you do want to beat each other, but at the same time, like, you to go far, they have to go far, because you're only allowed to go one more lap than the last person who gives up. So, um, yeah, essentially, you want to beat them, but you still want them to do well. Hey, Sam, like, 230K is a long way, mate. What's your horizon, like? What's your gold medal? Where, where are we going with this? Um, well, it's not my farthest. My farthest was um, last year uh, when I debuted in this kind of event, and I did 247. Um, so it was a couple hours, couple hours longer than what we did um, on the weekend. And uh, yeah, no, the goal is just to go as far as I can. I, I don't think I've. Um, I don't think I've been pushed to nearly my limit yet, so it'd just be cool to see how far we can go. And that that'll probably either happen at World Champs in October this year or um, World Champs in October next year, I'd say. Yeah, so I was just going to ask you about that, Sam. So I, I saw um, that the, you get a ticket with this. So there is a is there a New Zealand team, and how does it work? Yeah, well, so this year's uh, World Champs will be basically set up as a satellite event and that came to be as a result of COVID because no one could travel so instead of having world champs all in one location each country competes against all the other countries on their own turf so you all do a 6.7 kilometre loop on the hour at the same hour you're just all doing it remotely and all the all the results are uploaded live so uh, my win um, in Dunedin at the start of the year that qualified me for that qualified me for world champs for the satellite event uh, nobody won the uh, nobody won the Auckland event earlier in the year which is a is a long story but um, and now this this win would would have again qualified me so um, I'm, I'm undefeated this year technically <laughs> Dang, Sam Harvey undefeated. All right, Sam, we love we, we know you love running, and, and you get obviously a lot of uh, incentives out of it. You make uh, uh, some qualifying for some events overseas. You get any cash with it, mate? Uh, I'm in the early stages of getting like good good sponsorship. I've got an awesome company that I work for called Duval, um, and yeah, they they sponsor my running, which is awesome. It just no. helps kind of get me to the places that I need to be. Awesome, mate. Awesome. What about Lisa Tarmody, mate? Have you got some um, had some talks with her and gone through what she's done and and taken any tips from her? I haven't actually. I mean, like honestly, I'm pretty I'm pretty new to the ultra running scene. I've only really dabbled in in a whole heap of sports for the last decade, and then um, and then ultra marathon in the last maybe three years or so, uh, and then it was kind of last year to this year that I was like, right, let's let's get serious and just cut out all the bullshit so no more boxing no more rugby no more mountain biking just just running found, found your niche <laughs> that's yeah. it mate You're good, just running good luck well, it literally is just running oh just very very quickly we got to go we're about to uh, crash into our ads Sam but how cold was it in, like I saw one guy say it was like a fridge in the forest <laughs> oh it was a freezer in the forest it was bloody horrendous it was uh, I reckon it was the most brutal race I've ever done just from the cold um, yeah, there was a lot of miserable bastards out there during the first <laughs> night because um, I I could tell that they weren't 
doing clothes swaps or anything, so they were getting sweaty and their sweat was getting cold and they were just suffering for hours. And so it's no wonder that about 100 people pulled out on the first night. Oh, mate, in that Christchurch cold in Spencer Park in the forest, Sam Harvey, you're one of a kind, mate, quite literally. All the best for the rest of the year. These ultra-marathon runners, they are on another level. It is six away from eight. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Rafael Nadal has done it on centre court in a third set tiebreak, straight sets, and he's off into the quarterfinals. And how's this on double eight, double three? Morning, lads. First time listener. I reckon Kyrgios will win the comp and embarrass the world on how talented he is when he wants to switch it on. Cheers, George from Maryland's. Get up, George. You're my man. There he is, Georgie from Maryland. From Thanks the Stumble Inn, mate. mate. From the Stumble Inn. Nice little pub up there, is he? In Maryland. Beautiful. Beautiful. We love having you on the show, mate. Appreciate your text message on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Double eight, double three. There's plenty more for and against against Nick Kyrgios. People want him to succeed, and well, people want him to just burn down, and he's a total twat. So keep those messages coming through. After 8 o'clock, we're going to talk to Stacey Jones, the Warriors coach. Well, I'm going to go get a McCafe coffee about now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Your cravings with the Quest Nutrition Range. Now 15% off at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ Tuesday, the 5th of July. It's just after 8 o'clock. If you're just tuning in, that's okay. We you can go get all our conversations on the SCNZ app. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast today. Spoke to Sam Harvey. He just ran an ultra marathon. 236 kilometres non-stop. And won it down here in Christchurch. Freezing conditions. Wow, mental toughness as they come, mate. Wow, what an absolute champion. He spoke about that. And what's his plans going forward? If you run ultra marathons or you're a bit of a marathon person, go have a listen to that, mate. He's pretty inspiring. And he's got some big plans going forward, Sam Harvey. We also spoke to Blair Henley. She's a great broadcaster and journalist out of the US. And she spoke about Nick Kyrgios. And well, we got the Temper Bedpost text machine flying too. Everyone's passionate about him. For and against, Kyrgios is the one, odd one out. He is a passionate and open player, and tennis fanatics try and stop the emotion. Tennis fans are the twats here. Enjoy the entertainment. Who else is serving through the legs, beating world number three? 
Team Nick all day. Jeepers, that is from Joey C. <laughs> so he loves it. He loves it. Great message, Joey. Appreciate it. Another one on the on the text machine. Uh, Nick is a disgrace. How can we be okay with how he treats umpires? Tennis puts up with way too much from players, and that is from Pete. Yeah, I really I agree with you there, Pete. Some of the comments to our uh, you know referees, and we've always spoken about it on on our show, and how we should try and um, you know, treat our, our referees with respect. And uh, I was you know guilty of it back in the day. Got called out and nearly got punished after the match. So totally agree with that. Keep those messages coming through on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three, or even better, give us a call, 0800 150 811. We would love to hear from you. But right now, right now, we're going to talk some league. We're going to talk some Warriors very, very shortly. And we're going to have a, have a great chat about, you know, that win on Sunday. Um, you know, going forward, they got a pretty tough run going forward, Uncle. And uh, they are going to... But like I said earlier on at the 6 o'clock hour, a bit of momentum shift, a bit of confidence in the environment, a win, you know, singing your chant, the winning chant in the changing room, mate, it does wonders for, for an outfit. So they'll be confident. They'll be, I'll tell you what, it's been seven weeks, mate. They're, they had mm. plenty of time to practice it, not actually sing it after a game. And walking in there, I've just been watching it on the TV up here, actually. Um, they're just showing highlights once again about the Warriors and the crowd and... You know, one of the things I did take away from this week was actually uh, the homecoming, the actual meaning of the homecoming, like players getting out there in front of their own fans and especially from the fans as well. So I'm really looking forward to um, talking that through with Stace. And now that they've made it through Monday, we can really start to look forward to the Warriors after that homecoming fairy tale went to script. So you know, we've got Stacey Jones, um, one of the very... Well, the legend. I, like I, I spoke to Stace a while ago, saying that he was, you know, such, say, such um, iconic status in the game. Here, he was on a, on a win to nothing with taking up that job, but he finally got that win up against the West Tigers on the weekend. He's joining us on the phone now. Good morning, mate. How are you? Hey, Kempi. Yeah, good. Thanks. Good, mate. You really are you enjoying your day off after getting that win? Uh, yeah. Look, it was a. Um, it was a great week. Good to come home and, you know, for the players to play in front of their home crowd and also just soak up the, the week of being around, you know, the people that work at the club that haven't have, haven't been involved as such, you know, the office people and, you know, even our development pathways coaches and all that and mm. seeing, you know, we had a kids team, well, not kids, an under-18 team play on the weekend and see them around and for them to see the players. So, yeah, it was, it was a really good week and um, for the boys to put in a, you know, performance to get a result that you know we were we were after uh, made it you know extra special. Stace, can can you feel the momentum shift? You feel the confidence within the group. Obviously, getting the win, being back home in front of us, packed out Mount Smart, but in particular, holding a, a Tigers team. We've got to be realists here that that are struggling, but holding them to two points must do wonders for for the confidence in the group. Yeah, that was probably the most pleasing part, you know, not not conceding a try. Mm. Um, yeah, confidence has been, I'm not going to hide from where we're at with confidence being low and, and all of that. But, you know, we, we would gain a bit of confidence from that performance. And, you know, like I said, especially coming home and being in front of our, our own crowd. And, you know, we go away for a couple, we've got to buy now, but we go play away for a couple of weeks until we come back again. So, um, look, we're not getting, certainly not getting carried away by that performance. Um you know, I thought our attack, you know, was 
was okay. Um, you know, we, we probably didn't throw enough at the Tigers and, and against other teams that we're going to have to play a bit more footy. So um, the pleasing result, like you said, um, as he was the, the, the holding the Tigers to, to no tries. Hey, Stace, just talking about that, uh, that run home, you know, you've got eight games left. You're playing uh, four of those teams in the eight and, and a couple that are below you. What, what do you think of that run home? Do you think that there's still a couple of wins for you there or is it just going to be, you know, you've got power Melbourne in the next two weeks. Um, you, think, you think you're going to be there or thereabouts? Oh, look, Kempe, you haven't looked at, you know, um, the, the long range of the season at the moment. It's, it's week to week, the old cliche. So we know we've got Parramatta next. We've got to buy to freshen up. Um, you know, and like I said, we, we take a little bit of confidence from this week. And at the moment, it's just week to week for, for this group. And, you know, my job is to you know, make sure I pick a team that's going to go out and, and put a performance together. Mate, speaking of picking a team, you lose uh, Reese Walsh a couple of days out. Huge loss for for the Warriors and and Warriors fans. You know, wanting to see Reese Walsh back at home for the first time. But then Chanel Harris Devita comes in and runs an absolute clinic. Selection headache now with Reese Walsh and Chanel Harris Devita available. What do you do there? Um, I'll ask my assistant coaches their opinion on it. <laughs> uh, look, yeah, I thought Chanel was outstanding. He, you know, he played a tough game of footy, very different to to what Reese brings, and and it was gutting for Reese not to be able to play. He's still locked up in the hotel room um, in Auckland, and uh, uh, yeah, it was gutting for him because I know how how much he was looking forward to playing in front of Mount Smart for the first time, but. Yeah, I thought Chanel was, you know, near our best player on the weekend. Um, he played a little bit of fullback for, but I thought he just played tough, you know, like he, he carried the ball strong. He was, you know, fairly safe under the high ball and, you know, his push push around the ruck with supports and that was really good. Hey, Stace, talking about assistant coaches, up in your box, you know, Campo's up there, Owen's up there. I mean, I'm, I'm swear Jason Deeth was up there um, or someone that looks looks like him. What's going on with the coaching position there? Are you looking to take it on next year full time, or you know, um, are you just looking bit to drop back and be a player support role? Um, and what what are what roles are Campo and Owen doing at the club? So first of all, no, Jason Dink wasn't in the box. That was Justin Morgan. Uh, he's our defensive assistant coach. But Owen and Campo were there. Owen and Campo are, are ambassadors for the club. Um, they were. Um, Given those roles, I think right at the start of the year, um, they brought them on and they do bits and pieces. Oh, uh, does bits and pieces around around here in Auckland and and Campo does stuff and around Queensland for the for the club. And then we have got Monty Beeson and Ruben Wickie's part of our community. So we've got you know some old boys that are around. And um, I just asked Arwen and Campo if, we're, if you're around on game day to be you know they come to trainings, but they don't actually have an official role with the team, but. You know, they're good people to bounce some ideas off, you know, when need be. So it's great to have them around. And the club's going through a process now of trying to find uh, the right person that they think can take the club forward. And, um, yeah, we'll just wait and see where, where that goes. But at the moment, I'm just in this role for, uh, you know, for, for the interim. Oh, mate, if you take that, that job, Stace, I think every man and their dog will be happy to see you at the helm, mate. You saw the appreciation and the applause that... When the camera went on, Stacey Jones in the box, everyone was chahoo, and they even did a fake shoey, mate. Did you see that out the window? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, but then my kids showed to me on, on one of their, whatever they do, you know, they show you stuff. I, I actually did not see it. Uh, yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah it wasn't a real shoey. Stacey had a, he had a cup. 
<laughs> he had a cup inside the I, boot, mate. He must have, he must have come <laughs> over from the Blues, I think. Hey, so Stace, um, the boys got a bit of time off. Um, you're looking to make any other changes to the team? I know Euron Aiken was shoved out there in the centres. Everyone was quite happy about that, but still played in the back row. Or are you looking to go with a team that did the job for you against the Tigers in the next game? Yeah, look, we'll wait and see. Um, the boys have got a couple of days off at the moment. Um, yeah, we had to move Ewan back there because Jack Murchie um, pulled up very sore with his knee, so we had to make a couple of changes there. And I really wanted to play Ewan in the centres and give him a crack there, um, just for for more more the experience that that he can bring. So, you know, we'll, we'll revisit that if we need to and have a look at what our options are for the for the next game. But we've got a bit of time to to think about that. Bit of time for for the players to rest up and uh, enjoy some time back home with Fano and friends. It's been a long time. Stacey, and, uh, well, you saw all the fans, they loved having you guys home. Mate, quickly, before we let you go, Sean Johnson, with probably his most clinical performance. You've obviously been working really closely with, with Sean Johnson. You must have been pretty happy with how he performed on the weekend. Oh, extremely happy, yeah. Very mm. um, proud of Sean and his performance. And, you know, the challenge for him now is to do it, you know, every week for the rest of the year. You know, I thought his kicking game was spot on. He, he ran the ball. But I thought, you know what, the best part of his game was his defence. You know, he really got up, and you know, I know Ken Mamalu was was targeting him, and he got up on Ken, and he, you know, he made his tackle. So, uh, Sean, you know, um, needs to bring that every week now, and he, yeah, he was really good. Yeah, good, good work, Stace. Hey, all the best for your run home, Stace. Uh, we're supporting you here at SENZ. Thanks for joining us on the Izzy and for breakfast uh, this morning. Have a good, have yes, a good thanks. break, mate. No worries. Thanks, Kimby. Thanks, Izzy. Cheers, boys. See ya. There you go, is Stacey Jones doing a good job. You hit you hit the nail on the head. Like sitting second last on the table, comes home, and at the end of the day, they're all standing up cheering Stacey Jones on. That's that's what I mean, you know. Like Stacey's such an iconic, iconic figure for the club. Um, oh, mate, I'll still say it, masterstroke to put him in that coaching position. Um, be just before they got home. So, mate, wishing Stacey all the best, mate. Couldn't happen to a nicer bloke. Oh, I hope he gets it. I hope he gets it. just yeah. It sounds like it. And we've heard about Stacey. He's just you know, a quiet guy. He just loves getting up around his work. Um, loves the Warriors. Absolutely loves Warriors. And you know what? Warriors fan loves him because he is the greatest of all time, I feel, for the Warriors, mate. So, look, I wish him all the best. And, and it's going to be you know, a, a difficult couple of weeks for them. But um, like I said a bit earlier, you just, you know, momentum, rally behind, and uh, confidence within the group. Sean Johnson, he asked the question. He's got to do that every week. And we've seen it now. We saw it against at home against the Tigers. Now he's got to go and put that out uh, week in, week out, because he can do it. A bit of a groundswell yesterday, everybody, uh, actually. On a serious note, a bit of a groundswell. Um, people calling for the man that put the cup in the shoe to show himself and own up. Yeah. The shoey the shoey situation's not he's, going away. Shoey gate is... And did he show up? It's horrible, man. I, 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 I haven't seen... I mean, look... I haven't seen it yet, but he needs to come forward and he needs to apologise to a nation that is hurting. Because you can't just, you can't put yourself in front of that, in that position and look like such a good, you know, such a great hearty Warriors fan and then be counted, found out to be a fraud. We need an apology. The country needs to heal together. We need a reply from Tai Tuivasa as well. Yeah, one should, the punishment should be one gut punch. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it should be. Uh, 
Don't worry, mate. There's plenty of fraud Warriors fans out there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Okay, okay, here we go. Let's just bounce through some texts here. Morning, boys. So good to see you at Sky City. Thanks for the Chemist Warehouse gift pack. Awesome ABs game. Fantastic result for the Warriors. Kyrgios is a knobhead, though. <laughs> he intimidates players and officials. Definitely a head case. Um, Kempi, Clifton spanked. Oh, boys. Yes, good to see you too, Straddy. There's um, come up all the way up from Taranaki there. At least you got your pack, son. Old Stacey, he was an Auckland junior in the, on the on the bus when I played Auckland of two seniors. Shook hands with old Willie uh, Poaching, who was his captain. Brady um, Malamawas there too. The seniors players, Tank Gordon's... Oh, gee whiz. Ed, you got a lot going on. Namahi Stacey, though. Important part there. Kyrgios. If it was, if he wasn't an Aussie, I would probably quite like him. But he is an Aussie, so yes, total balance. <laughs> it's, it's the only thing that isn't going for him is that he's an Aussie. <laughs> oh yeah, no, come on, come on, Nick, get that eight bucks up. And there's one last text here that I got to get to before we shoot off. It's come through from Julie Cole, but I think it must be Julie Cole's phone. Just want to shout out the legend Izzy Dag, one of the most humble Kiwi sports legends out there who supported the World Junior Squash Team fundraiser to head over to France to compete, raised over $6,000 and didn't ask a penny for his time. Also a natural on the squash court. Two Mickey brother, turn left, baby. That must be from Paul Cole. It's from Coley. That is Paul, mate. Um, oh, appreciate that, brother. Um, I had a yeah, great time and... There's some absolutely outstanding uh, squash players here. Mate, of course, it's the least I could do. It's the least I could do. He's a champion for our show and uh, give back, you know, give back. So appreciate that. I don't really know what to say. <laughs> oh, I like that. Is. No, you don't need to say anything, mate. Coley said yeah. all that all that for yeah. you, and that's exactly right. We've talked about that many times on this, sta- on this um, station, is that, man, just imagine if a lot of our elite athletes once they went back and retired gave back to their community, our communities would be thriving so if you're listening and you've been a professional get involved with your club the, your child childhood club and help them out. Champion is he well done bro. 19 minutes away after 8 I should say, we'll be back with a bit of country clueless before Paulie Moati here is he and Kempi for breakfast with Chemist Warehouse great savings every day. Kempi, a country clueless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, 8.30 last night, and uh, obviously Mandy. Mandy's uh, our neighbour here. She lives out the back. She's Tilly's godmother. She's a crusader's massage therapist. She's a lovely lady. Got to thank her for looking after my babies over the weekend. But anyway, she messaged me 8.30. She's like, is he? There's a, there's a cow on my deck. <laughs> and one of the cows wants a beer. <laughs> so she's like, probably gonna go jump in the shower. And she's like, walk along. And she, you know, when someone's looking at you, you just get this feeling. She's like, you know, looks out and she reckons she just sees these big eyes on the deck looking through her window. And she's just like, ah, starts screaming. When she sends me the message, I go out, these cows are everywhere. It's dark. And I'm like, losing the plot. I'm like, so angry, so angry. Um, anyway, so they broke through the electric fence. They're just pulling the wall over my head, and um, I've got baleage done here. Anyway, lads, I've got baleage done. So they've they've gone. I've got sixty baleage uh, bales of baleage. They've gone and took the corner off every bale. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> they've gone and took the corner off every bale 
So if that happens to the baleage, the baleage is gone. It goes off and it's Rots. worthless. Yeah. Rot. It's yeah. worthless. So they've done that to me. <clears throat> I'm so angry. I'm so angry. So I want to get rid of them. So I need help. <laughs> I need help. Um, anyone out there, stock agent, wants six Friesian stairs, give me a text. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you 50 bucks for each of them. <laughs> Where's Luke Romano? Is he still on Ponsonby Road or is he oh, keen? Luke Romano, he's in Newmarket living in his uh, apartment. Nah, mate, I've had enough. I've had enough. It's time to move on. The wife's fed up. Everyone's fed up. And um, look, they've done their dash. They're about, they're about two and a half years old. And oh, they're, they worth, are, they're worth good coin too. But they'll be just under 300 kilos. So they'll be worth a bit. Um, but yeah, time to move on. Mate, so get a fencer. Easy, easy fix. Get a fence around. Put some posts and rails. I'm not spending and... any more money on these pricks. <laughs> telling you. Okay. You got to fool. You got to fool them in again, mate. You like get rid of them. Put them in a truck. Get a fencer in. Use no, the no, mo- use done. the money that you sell them sell them for. No, we're done. Buy your fence. <laughs> get another six and, and let done. it happen we're again. We're done. We're not. We're not. <laughs> we're not growing stock. We're not. Getting in more stock. We're done. Um, well, PGG writes and they look after our turf at SCNZ. I'm sure they could send a stocky your way. There you go. And uh, Mark, Mark Short. Mark, look after me, bud. Send somebody as his way, and he's got some <laughs> stairs, and not the stairs you sort of climb. These stairs, wow. I mean, that's so funny. You do know when somebody's watching you. Paul Mawadi, tab.co.nz. I don't think he's got much experience with handling uh, stock livestock but he does know about odds Paulie. i didn't see joey chestnut's market up open this morning though to go 15 from 15 <laughs> oh gee you're making me hungry now uh let me see an income crikey um, well between I'll this and all the is. steak chat <laughs> <laughs> exactly i'll tell you who is hungry melbourne storm supporters uh they have been very very well backed uh to bounce back uh, this weekend, of course, the Warriors on the bye this weekend. But the Storm uh, taking on the Cronulla Sharks and 93% of the early money in single bets is on the Storm at $1.70. And that increases if you include multis. It's up to 96% of all turnover uh, in the head-to-head market is on the Melbourne Storm at $1.70 to beat the Cronulla Sharks. So and what are the Sharks paying, Paulie? They're $2.10, the Cronulla Sharks, um, but they don't have a lot of support. Uh, there's one, what have we got here? A $7,600 multi on the Storm to win, Rabbitohs to win, Eels to win, All Blacks to win, New South Wales to win the third wow. state of origin, and Samoa to beat Tonga in the Pacific Nations Cup. That's to return just over $51,000. So someone's really, really having a go early on. Uh, this uh, this week uh, for the upcoming ra- uh, NRL and rugby matches for the weekend. So yeah, seven thousand six hundred dollar multi to return, just over fifty one thousand. Do you give um, Paul? Do you give cash out options on those bets? So like right now, when this person wakes up and gets mad regrets, they can go and cash out. Or once you accept it, is that that? Uh, certain ones you can. And others you can't, but uh, yes, yes, there is an option on a number of bets where you can cash out. Yeah, is there any rhyme or reason for that? Because sometimes I find, yeah, like uh, depending on what I've backed, especially racing, sometimes you can't pay, you can't cash them out, and sometimes you can. It's probably a question for another day. But um, yeah, because that's a that's a lot of legs for a seven and a half thousand dollar multi, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is. Um, it's not not something that I'd be jumping on. Um, 
Uh, but I do like the Melbourne Storm. I, like the, I do think they will bounce back this weekend, even with a number of Origin stars out. Nico Hines out, of course, I think is out for the... Oh, no, he is playing for um, uh, Cronulla, isn't he? Yeah, I, I quite like Cronulla at the $2.10. Yeah. Thank you, Paulie. Yeah. TAB TAB app today. Izzy, back to work, Paulie. Is he? You might want to get back to work, mate. Straddy from the Naki has lined you up here, mate. Oh, Straddy. I be. can't weigh them with my eyes. Come on, mate. <laughs> They're probably a bit heavier than that. I just had a little guess. I just thought, you know, 300 kilos for a three year old, that's probably prime beef, isn't it? <laughs> that's he, what says, he says they should be 500 kgs. Izzy, I feel your pain. Send them to the meatworks. I farmed next to a golf course. I had 30 get out onto the course. They were attracted to the green seconds they were open in the jar, sink to avoid any splashback. Oh, oh man. They are, man. Like, honestly, there's one in the pack. One in the pack? One in the herd, whatever. And they just get out and they push the boundary. Honestly, I was so angry. I was so angry. I was, um, I'm had enough. But well, anyway, you know what they say, mate? <laughs> Chop the head off the snake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow, brutal but quite efficient. Uh, Twenty-eight. Oh, I nearly, don't worry, I nearly did. 20, <laughs> Twenty-eight away from nine. There's some really good texts here. I'm going to get to after this. Here, and as you keep me for breakfast, here is Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> Six minutes away from 9am this morning. And I've just realised, Izzy, we might be able to help you with our next guest because Kane Jones isn't far away, although he works for New Zealand Bloodstock. He is a livestock agent. Well, a bloodstock agent. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if he knows anything about cattle, but he might know a guy who knows a guy. So you don't have to take matters into your own hands. Uh, that's talking country clueless. If you missed that, head to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Our podcast channels in here, Izzy's drama with his steers, which, well, they've got no idea really. We just talked to Stacey Jones to start the hour about the weekend and how he's feeling. Last night, Cameron George went on the show, the uh, the evening show, and came in for an hour with Stephen McIver, and this is what he had to say about Stacey Jones. I think he'll be an outstanding Kiwi coach, and uh, he'll always be part of our coaching unit, and he wants to help the new coaches that come into the system, whether they're from within or a new coach coming in as a head coach and be that person that supports the head coach. Um, he, he really likes that role. So that is pointing towards him not taking on the head coaching role. Jeff mm. says that he, after hearing to that interview with Stacey, he will take the job. Cam George kind of suggesting otherwise. Another message here on double eight double three. Did you see Scott McLaughlin do his shoey? Yeah, he's a vet, seasoned veteran at doing shoeys as Scott McLaughlin. He won his second ever indie race yesterday. Now, speaking of another Kiwi motorsporting legend, last week you boys caught up with Shane Van Gisbergen. Did you see he went up there to the Far North Rally and won the thing? He won it by two over two minutes. He put on an absolute clinic. Yeah, good. Shane Van Gisbergen, two minutes. That's a hiding. So high, that was, it was, he spoke last year, this is only fifth ever rally, wasn't it? Yeah, he's just trying to get better yeah. for the end of year, and he's gone up there far wow. north. Kempe, you saw the footage? Oh, crazy. Like, imagine, imagine being the guy, imagine if you didn't have your head down calling the, you know, uh, uh, two left, six right, all those numbers, <laughs> you know what I mean? Watching him drive, because it was real close up with the, with the camera looking out the front window, 
Mate, you'd be pecking yourself. Seriously. They ain't going slow in those cars, is he? No, they're not. No, they're not there. Flying. Was Hayden, Hayden Pedden was here too, eh? Was Hayden Pedden racing in it? Because he's, mate, he's um, creating an electric rally car, isn't he? Yeah, he's hitting. He's doing wonderful things. He's actually heading mm. back up to Europe. I'm not sure if he was there, is he? But look, I I do know that Shane didn't expect to win, but he's just mm. such a, so much of a natural talent. Um, the Shuey has been a real hot topic over the last week while well, after the fake Shuey, Shuey Gate, and Jeff says Shuey punishment should be drinking out of my shoe. That would learn him, and he said, "Love the show. How good was that interview with the marathon man?" And I think that's probably what if you gave the marathon put a beer in the marathon man's shoe and gave it to the fake shoey guy. That would probably be good punishment, wouldn't it? <laughs> that shoe would be. But he spoke about his he constantly changes kit, wouldn't he? The other contestants didn't change their shirts, and obviously after sweating horrendously, it gets a bit cold and it turns into ice. So I'd say a shoe wouldn't be that. Uh, we, all, we all know. How many when, pairs of shoes? We all my know, shoes will be horrible. That's Empty. right. My shoes will be horrible. You should we smell my slippers I got on my ear. Just smell these. <laughs> oh, nah, they're tangy. You know what these? <laughs> yeah. We all know that person <laughs> with a bad shoe. Tangy. Uh, on Nick Karios, Kia Kazis. Even the Aussies don't like Nick the Dick, but watch out. This is so true. This is so true. But watch out, if he wins Wimbledon, you will see the other side of the Aussies. They will think the sun shines out of his ass. Cheers, bro. Grant in Melbourne. It's so true, Kimpy. Australia, they love to flip the script when it suits them. Oh, yeah, 100%, especially when they're winning. It's like Gary Jack. Speaking of Gary Jack on Sunday before the game, the, the great Australian rugby league player. And um, he said, he goes, I remember the first game I played against you. You were, call, you were calling me a convict. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, that's why they flipped their script. <laughs> Very good point. Adam says, Morena lads, Kyrgios is a weapon, but he is part of my multi, so all power to him. <laughs> yeah. so. Get up. Get up. Um, Nick Kyrgios. Louis, can I read that one from Jared? 100%, mate. Yeah. Hey, Izzy and Uncle, I'm, hey, I'm concerned the new state in progress here in Christchurch. Council are currently getting feedback from the public. Have your say. I hope it's overwhelming. Let's just get on with it. My point is we had a stadium and it's well overdue for replacement. Thoughts, fellas, as from Jared. Jared, mate, honestly, this is your last day to have your say. Today is the last day. There's been 20,000 registered um, have your says on the, on the website. It takes two minutes to go on if you're for and against. Look, 158 million the budget blowout. It'll be 300 in about a year's time, and obviously there's concerns. Once we get it going, it's gonna go even. You know, the budget might even blow out more. But mate, honestly, there's no coming back. It's gonna get more expensive. We need it. Like Orange Theory Rugby Rugby League Park. It's it's done its time. It's a great stadium, and it's it's been fantastic for sport and, and events. Not only sport. We've had um, concerts here and, and everything as well, but this stadium is going to be huge for our country, uh, for our for Christchurch. Not only for Christchurch, but for for the whole of South Island. Like people coming down, you know, people going up to Auckland watch the All Blacks. People come from Auckland down here to watch a concert or or watch an event. And today is the last day, so please, if you can, go and have your say, even if you're for or against. Well, they go they're going to Dunedin to watch a test match this week, and they should be going to Christchurch. That's that's a no brainer. Look, mm. if you get a ticket, if you get a ticket. They send you the ticket and they follow it up. You know, rate payers, they should send out making sure that everyone has has their say 
and just puts that stadium on the lips of the council. It's really mm. simple. You've got to have your say. Make it happen. We'll follow that up tomorrow. Kane Jones from New Zealand Bloodstock up after this. Well, we've been told he's unrelated to Stacey Jones, but New Zealand Bloodstock is where winning begins. And with the completion of this year's weanling sales, many vendors and buyers are just ho- are hoping just that happens with the equine babies that went through the ring at Karaka Kane Jones. It is is a superb bloodstock agent for New Zealand Bloodstock, and he's with us now. Morning, Kane. How are you doing? Excellent, guys. Uh, good to be on the show. Hey, let's get this out of the way nice and early. Izzy's having absolute nightmares with his cattle. Um, you're an expert in thoroughbreds. Do you know? Do you know someone that can take his 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 cattle off him, his steers? Look, I, I heard Izzy's story just before, and um, I was back in Harwa visiting my parents a little while ago, and um, they've got some cattle down there, some belted Galloways, and and I poked my head around the paddock to have a look at them, and they all jumped the fence, and uh, they were racing around the garden and uh, all <laughs> over the lawn, and. And down in the tennis court, so um, I feel your pain, Izzy. Uh, it was a high yeah. pressure, pressure situation. I, I was yelling at Dad, and Dad was yelling at me. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not the man for the job. Honestly, honestly, it was me and Mandy. So these cows actually were putting the fence up, and then these cows just charged us, and Mandy just screamed and threw the the, the electric fence um, string line down, and oh, they just bowled through, mate. It was scary. So I'm sick of them anyway. So if you know anyone, let us know. Send us a contact, please, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take the horses in the meantime. Yeah, well, you've been busy doing that, mate. I know you guys are under the pump with Danny Rolston leaving NZB. He's a, what an incredible opportunity for him, and I uh, did a great job for so long. But you in particular, Kane, you've been, you were out inspecting the weanlings before we caught up with you. Then the sale went ahead. So the weanlings are the baby, baby horses. Well, not foals. They've been weaned, obviously, off their dams. And then they've gone through the sale. How did you find the sale in general? And, and was the uh, buying good? Yeah, it was a, it was an amazing sale. Um, it was it was really um, kicked off by the Villachi um, dispersal sale um, beforehand. We had 20 beautiful weanlings um sold by Balachi at the start. Um, we had a, a beautiful Savabelle Colt, which made 360000 purchased by David Ellis, and that, and that really set the tone for the day, and, and it just carried on from there. It was a very, very strong clearance rate of, of close to 90%, and, and we turned over about $3.5 million that day. So it was a, a really, really good day, and it was nice to have our Australian friends uh, back in force and, and a lot of them staying at the new um, Double Tree by Hilton uh, Hotel there on site. So it was a it was a great day. Mm. I was I was wondering about that, Kane. Can you? Because I chatted to some people throughout the industry, and they said that the the Valachi down sale, not just the weanlings, but then because so. Could you just explain this to us? So they've, um, they're completely selling up of their operation. So Gavel House, your online service, New Zealand Bloodstock, did a lot of the sales as well. And literally all the broodmares, all the racing horses, everything's gone. So what is that? why did that make the sales in particular so strong? Yeah, so Valachi, um, it's been well documented that they've um, changed hands and it's been purchased by um, a successful businessman and owner, Lib Catania, um, but all the horses on the farm have been dispersed, so the, the weanlings were um, sold through the weanling sale. And then immediately after that, we had a broodmare sale. And uh, straight after that, we had a racehorse sale. So um, they've got some, they've really amassed some amazing, beautiful horses um, over the last years. And it was clearly headlined by Baggy Green, who, who was the dam of Tefani, as we know. And, and she sold for $1.75 million. And, 
um, what an amazing result. And she, she's been purchased by Yulong, so I dare say she'll be going to Written Tycoon in the in the near future. Geez, we hope we got one of them. Kane, hey, it's Kimby, mate. Good to t- uh, talk to a, a Taranaki boy from Harwood. Just, uh, mate, we're sending Sonorama to Tarzino. What, what, what can we expect? What are some of the attributes um, out of a fall from t- Tarzino? Yeah, morning, Kempi. Um, yeah, good choice. He's he's going great guns at the moment, Tarzino. Um, obviously, uh, had his two Group 1 winners and um, had the good filly that won the Oaks and, and Jungle Magnate that won the Derby. And he just leaves them with good size and scope. Um, they look like three-year-old plus type horses. So um, maybe don't expect a Caracamillion winner, but uh, certainly a Caracamillion three-year-old Co- horse. Cox or, or certainly a... Cox Plate, Derbies, Oaks, you name it. Anything yeah, beyond now three, we're talking. Now we're really talking. Start hitting their straps. Well, that that makes perfect sense because obviously um, Al Sharrick will be training. He doesn't have too many up and going two year olds. He's very patient as some of those good trainers are. So that's really exciting, Kimpy. I mean, Tarzano just flying, and what a job they've been doing at uh, Whisperer there, Canaan. What a job you guys have been doing. So a couple of uh, maybe a little bit quiet through winter, and then you start your yearling inspections, right? Yeah, well, we get a very, very short-term break, and then um, we're into yelling inspections in early August. So um, about a month away now, we'll kick off, and we typically get about sort of 1,800 to 2,000 yearlings entered. Uh, we're calling for entries at the moment. And, and then we split up and into, into teams, and we go around the country and look at all these horses and, and work out where they're best placed for, um, for Karaka in, in 2023, and whether that's in book one, book two, or... Or maybe hang on for a, a ready to run or, or some other avenue. Um, there's there's a lot of different um, options for these horses, but it's a big job, and, and we try and do it as as accurately and as um, and honestly as we can. And um, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome, mate! Great to catch up. And on your travels, if you see um, six rogue steer, uh, just you know you know who they belong to, <laughs> and you can <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll, Bring um, a saddle. I'll, maybe I'll put. I'll put Izzy on speed dial in case I see some some racing around the roads or something. Yeah, I don't think that'd even be book three. <laughs> I appreciate it, Kane. New Zealand Bloodstock, we're winning begins. Kane Jones, awesome Bloodstock agent there out of NZB. Great to catch up with him. How I gotta read this text. Kempi, what's your problem with Dunners? Why should this test match be in Christchurch? Give yourself an uppercut. Izzy, get rid of the cattle and build the new stadium at your ranch. Great show, boys. Hutch. <laughs> Hutch is coming through with the one-two uppercut. <laughs> the combo from Hutch. Oh, I love oh. I love Dunedin too, mate. I've been down there over the last five years with my son down there, been at university. I love it. But seriously, it's quicker to get to Christchurch to watch a football match. Did you hear the latest, Kempi? Red What's... Hot Chili Peppers. Is Post that... Malone. Is that January right? next year at in Dunedin. Yeah, let's go. Hundred percent. Oh, big, yeah. Big concert down there. It, oh, it'll be a big go. It'll be a big weekend. Thanks, fellas. Didn't realise this was the last day to have your say on the Christchurch Stadium. I'm on it. Cheers, Jared. Great stuff, Izzy. And Izzy, get your baleage, your cattle chewed. And for your baleage, get your cattle chewed. Get some gape and cover holes with that. A gape and cover holes well with yeah, that got, today to help salvage it, Sam. I've got some. So how long can you leave it exposed for before it goes real off? Because probably been exposed for a couple of days. But that's all right. You know the worst thing is one of the cows... One of them started chewing one, and then he's like, oh, I'll just go to the next one. Chew that one. 
Oh, mate, I'll get enough. Time to go. They're absolutely messing with you. Shout out to Dave Maitland, Hamish Hamilton, who are racing in Canada on the Yukon 1,000-mile solo kayak race. Race 18 hours a day, max before you have to take a break. No support crew allowed. Go well, lads. Who sent that text? And can you let us know how we get in touch with them? Sounds like the sort of thing we want to shout out here. And Lizzie and Kempe for breakfast. We'll talk to Smithy after the six away from nine. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.